25 years on the PGA Tour and a lifetime member of the PGA Tour and PGA of America. Jay Delsing brings you his perspective on one of the world's greatest games as a professional golfer and network broadcaster. It's the game that connects the pros and the average Joes. Brought to you by Whitmore Country Club. Golf with Jay Delsing is now on 101 ESPN. Good morning. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay Delsing, and with me is my friend, longtime caddy, John Perlis. Perley, good morning. Good morning, Jay. Ready to roll. Well, we formatted the show just like Around the Golf. The first segment is called the On the Range segment, and the On the Range segment is brought to you by Golf Discount. Golf Discount is where St. Louis shops for all its golf needs. Um, Got to get this out of the way, as we do every week. Please look for us on our social media outlets, Perley. Do you know what our social media outlets are? Uh, Twitter. Yep. Very good. <laughs> Twitter. All right. Let's. We're going to do this as like a little remedial uh, social media thing. That's all I got. That's at Jay. That's all I got. That's at Jay Delsing. Facebook is is golf with Jay Delsing and Jay Delsing Golf. LinkedIn is Jay Delsing and our Instagram. Uh, Drew just told you. I know. What did he say? He said he knew the handle. Yep. He did. So Drew knows. So you guys call Drew if you want to uh, put something on Instagram for us. But. Um, Okay, so this is going to be a cool show. Um, obviously, we're not live. We just found out the picks for the President's Cup. So we are going to dedicate the rest of this show um, to the President's Cup, and we are going to uh, have an episode of Whack and Jason here. We've got a really, really cool interview with Mark Long. Fantastic interview. 25-year caddy on the PGA Tour, uh, 13-time winner. And uh, just a, a really, uh, really good, fun person to talk about. All right, so let's just get into this. We brought this stuff up earlier, John. Tiger Woods, the biggest thing that you and I were talking about while we were having dinner and watching it is, was he going to pick himself? Right. And I said yes months ago, and I was actually right on something for a change. You've been pretty consistent. I was kind of back and forth because is he healthy and that kind of stuff. I, I think when he wins that uh, event in Japan – Right, it would be awfully tough to to not pick himself at that point. That's well, why I'm looking at it. Well, yeah, there's so much that goes on with that, but I mean, you know, he he wins. So you're talking about the the tournament that he wins. He wins his 82nd tour event. That's awesome. Which ties the all time mark that Sam Seed set, which is almost Pearl the equivalent of the Cal Ripken, uh, um, Ty Cobb consecutive game. Sort of deal like how in that this is unattainable, right? Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Did anybody ever think no. this was going to happen? I mean, the fact that Jack Nicholas set all those records and had, had held so many records and everything, and didn't you know sniff eighty two? Jack had a ton. Don't get me wrong, right. but didn't no one no one ever thought that? But no one no one knew somebody named Tiger Woods was going to come along and have his. From the very beginning, John, when I saw him play, it was so apparent that he was. Just crazy different, mm-hmm. and he, he always had his eyes set on the record books. Not just winning a tournament, but just blowing up every record that he could. Well, it's just the longevity of that. There's just so many things that can get in the way, as we've seen. He's had all kinds of things get in the way. Otherwise, he'd probably have a hundred by now, and he would have blown away, or at least be well into uh, breaking the uh, the majors' records and, as well. And speaking of um, screwing things up, yes. like I just did. And you didn't. You may or may not have noticed, but I said the consecutive game uh, streak in MLB was Ty Cobb, and it was Lou Gehrig. My dad's rolling over, 
are rolling under or looking at me and throwing hey, something hey, hey, at me. Hey, it's, a, it's a golf yeah. with Jay Nelson show. It was close. We're not, we're not yeah. And I knew who it you was were a former about. MLB player yes, that had that. Exactly. And, uh, right. So, um, but yeah, 82, 82 wins. He got that in the uh, over in Japan. Really kind of out of the blue for me because he played the week prior, and that was in. That was a Nine Bridges event, I think, in Korea, and it was very, very mediocre. He looked almost disinterested, I will say. And, you know, that's one thing that that he doesn't look very often. He's one of those guys that can grind it out, you know, and... Your buddy Brandel was talking about that and just kind of how he even looked lethargic. You know, I think, I don't know, I I think Brandel was suggesting who knows what it could have been, you know, whether relative to his recovery, that kind of stuff. But what I think Tiger's searching for a little bit is what is his posture out there? What is his level of intensity? How is he going to carry himself? Because it's different because he's got a different game. I watched some of the different uh, skins games they had in, in part of that tournament. It's different out there. He's not hitting at the furthest of everybody. Multiple times, he's kind of half laying it back. He sees the value. He, he's always known the value of hitting the fairway. But he's fine with just w- keeping it back there a little bit, keep hitting the fairway, playing a different game. I loved uh, what Billy Kratzer was talking about. He's kind of like that pitcher that doesn't have the 99-mile-an-hour uh, fastball anymore, but is still wildly effective for the last several years of his career because he learned how to Move the ball around, pick his he's, spots, He's a pitcher, not a thrower. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, that, there's no question. That speaks well. And the guy knows yep. the game. It's not yeah. like he doesn't know how to do that. Right. But I think it's a it's a challenge with, I've got to believe, ego. There's, there's oh, a hundred no things that are, about that. that are part of that. But obviously, Tiger's already taken it. But to your point about, we didn't see it coming. I didn't see the Masters win necessarily coming. Then nothing looks like it's going to happen. He doesn't even make the uh, end-of-the-year uh, events. And then he pops up and wins this darn thing. Yeah. You know, what's going to be fun is, you know, starting to try to get a feel of what's the next one he's going to win. Right. He's got to have – it's got to be like – he doesn't even play Pebble anymore, does he? No. He, it's got to be one of those early ones that are fun or wouldn't it be special if it was a major? Kind of a combination of, uh, like, the Masters type I don't of think deal. you're going to see him play a lot of cool weather events. You know how Pebble can get dicey with the weather. Well, you so and I we, don't think he should. We've nope. talked about that. Yeah. Okay, so we got to talk about the other picks. Yep, let's talk about them. So did um, we got Tony Finau, mm-hmm. Gary Woodland, and Patrick Reed, and and I, you know all their we we went over the list and over the list and isn't there four clearly? Well, Tiger is oh, the yeah. fourth. Clearly, how are you doing tonight? You good? <laughs> I'm doing fine. All right, just, all right. You, you said the picks, and I just wanted good. you to reiterate right. what the four picks were. Okay, right on. Thanks for helping me. Um, what? What I think Patrick Reed's clearly the lightning rod pick in there, and let's talk about him in a second. But Tony Finau, Gary Woodland, I mean. I, 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 mean, I am I, such I, a Finau fan. Yeah. I remember Finau once upon a time. I'm caddying for you at Brown Deer in Wisconsin back in the GMO days. They don't have that tournament anymore. There were several holes out there, par five, a par four, uh, the ninth hole, places where historically people might get real aggressive, but nobody sniffed going for certain things and hitting it over creeks and over uh, over uh, lakes. And I remember Tony, I'm pretty sure he was still an amateur at that time. He's pulling out driver and blowing it over these creeks and knocking it on these par fours that yep. literally nobody had, they had were ever three, even tried. Three, what, 370, three, with, with, with 330 to 340 yards of carry. I, yeah. I know specifically the hole you're talking about. The, and, and so this guy yeah. went from that to yeah. really honing his game Plus, what he just seems like a good guy. No, he is. He just is a, a he is solid. A good guy. Yep. 
you know, family guy out there doing his thing. Uh, Same thing. It almost sounds like you're also describing Gary Woodland. Yes. I mean, Gary yeah. Woodland's one of our favorites. The thing that he did with Amy yeah. out at the 16th is still going to go down as one of the great guy things to do. Um, Amy, oh my gosh, I'm going to mispronounce her name, but it's like Bowersock. She was um, a Down syndrome uh, person. He brings her out of the crowd, plays the whole weather. She makes a par during the uh, the practice round. And then she's also the first um, Down syndrome person to receive an athletic scholarship. And she got a golf scholarship at, um, I think it's, it's a Canyon Canyon College or yes, something out yes, there. Yes, I think so. So, so yeah. Gary Woodland, and obviously Gary won the U.S. Open at uh, Pebble Beach this year. Patrick Reed now, on the other hand, he is— So, um, I think number 15 in the world. So, he was certainly in the running, but who got passed up to grab Patrick Reed? Ricky Fowler. Yeah. Biggest uh, name that got pa- passed uh, up. I think that's wild. I, I like— Patrick Reed for sure. I loved what earlier in the season Kepka said about Patrick Reed. He says, "I want him on my team. I'll take him as my partner." Mm-hmm. He, they, they want that cold-blooded, no doubt, sniper, no doubt mentality. No they doubt. don't care about no. the Mamsy Pamsy. He said this. He said that the wrong way. He, he doesn't have the right, you know, uh, disposition. He has the right disposition as far as Tiger's concerned. I'm, I think this is going to be interesting to see what, if any, effect this has for on Ricky Fowler and if it is, might spur him on a little bit. I mean, he's he's drafted 21 in the world, if that's, you know, the drop. Um, yeah, but still that's still one a piece of, the, of it. That's a long way to go down it is. to grab somebody. We're also Ricky fans, for sure. Uh, I'm, a huge, I'm a huge Ricky fan. But, you know, but, just, but that's a long way to go down to grab a guy. Yeah, he also hasn't played. He got married. He hasn't played, you know, got, since wait then. Wait a second. He got married. What, what, when you, what are you insinuating? When you, just because he's what? I was just, uh, just stating a factual thing that he got married and hasn't played since he got married. So the wraparound oh. season is going on. You know, you get to play now that he's married. What the heck's going on? With you, that? I, I don't know. You have to call him. I think she's going to let him play. Oh, I hope so. I, I hope so. so. He's a good player. I'd hate to not see him play anymore. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I don't think I'm insinuating anything. I think you got that. But <laughs> the thing that Patrick Reed brings to the table is a clear cut edge. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. He took a beating over what happened in the. Um, Ryder Cup Do you over think he learned France. anything from that? Do you think he'll change from from that? No. Yeah, well, exactly. You? Exactly. No, so, and I think I, I mean, mean this you're right, is a beating, but I'm not sure it's going to change him. No, and I don't think it it's might a, take popu- a little, little edge off. And, right. and it's not a popularity contest, right? right? This is not what you right. know. And look at Tiger. You know, Tiger's endured the biggest karma sandwich in the world mm-hmm. with the craziness that he's brought on himself over the years, and. The greatest thing about our country and just about golf, just about people in general, is people love a second to give somebody a second chance. They love to, you know, embrace him. I was down at Augusta when Tiger won, and on Sunday, it was ridiculous, the energy, the positive uh, vibe that he brought and in, in the people that he brought out. So, um you know, we didn't even talk. We'll t- we'll talk on our next segment about Ernie's picks, and, um, and well, we got to talk about Kepka that who very, might not even be playing in this thing, right? So he did, he had a knee surgery. It's just a meniscus, though, right? Oh, Probably I know, but they're just said. making a note that yeah. it's not for sure that he's even going to play. And yeah. hey, this guy went through a major injury with his wrist. Thought it could have even been career ending. My guess is he's not going to mess around with this thing. If right. he's not ready, I got to believe he's not going to go. I agree with you. Okay, we also got to talk on how lopsided this is supposed to be. 
relative to talent with these two teams. Right, we sure will. So I'm going to ask you before we go to to break, who is the only other captain that played in the Ryder in the uh, uh, Presidents Cup? I don't know. It's, it's a, a quiz. He's question. from St. Louis. Hale Irwin. There you go. Way to go, Pearl. Hale Irwin. Well, I figured it was either you or Hale, so yeah. I threw, I threw Hale many, out there. How many did I play in? Well, that's why I threw Hale out there. <laughs> that's great. All right, well, that's going to wrap up the On the Range segment. This is uh, Golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Come back. Uh, we are going to have a Leading Edge segment with Chef Pepe, the owner of Pino Italian Soul Food. We're going to talk about uh, Ernie Els's picks for the uh, President's Cup. And God only knows what else we're going to talk about. Yeah, who knows for sure. I want to thank Whitmore Country Club for sponsoring my show, Golf with Jay Delsing. There's 90 holes of golf at Whitmore. If you join out at Whitmore, you get privileges at the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardeen, Golf Club of Wentzville, and all the cart fees are included in that membership. There's no food and beverage minimums and no assessments ever. They've got a great 24-hour fitness center, a large pool complex, three tennis courts, a year-round social calendar that is rocking out at Whitmore. There's kids' clubs, junior golf, junior tennis, swim team available for your children. This is a family-friendly atmosphere, a wonderful staff, and you've got to go to the golf shop and visit my friend, Bummer. He is an absolute treat. Don't forget about the golf leagues, their skin games, members' tournaments. Bummer and the staff out of Whitmore are continually running cool and fun golf events for you and your family. Visit their website at whitmoregolf.com. Golf Discount is where St. Louis has shopped for its golf equipment since 1976. Golf Discount has been and still is locally owned. They employ the most experienced staff you'll find anywhere. There are two locations, one in South County just off of Lee May Ferry and one in O'Fallon at Highways K and N. Golf Discount fits your custom equipment to your swing using the -the state-of-the-art GC Quad Launch Monitor. This ensures that perfect fit that you're looking for. Go to Golf Discount for all your golfing needs. Urban Chestnut Brewing Company is proud to be an official sponsor of 101 ESPN's newest show, Golf with our friend Jay Delsing. Just like Jay, Urban Chestnut is born right here in St. Louis. With three local brewing and restaurant locations, you won't travel far to sample straight from the source. If you're heading out to the links this weekend or if you're just in the mood for a classic German-style beer, grab a four-pack of our fresh, refreshing Zwickel Bavarian Lager wherever craft beers are sold. Urban Chestnut Brewing Company, St. Louis, Missouri. Prost! Sunday equals football and pizza. My choice for pizza is PW Pizza in Lafayette Square. You've got to try their signature pies, and the wings are to die for. You need something a little more formal? Well, head over to their sister restaurant, Hamilton's Urban Steakhouse and Bourbon Bar. I didn't even get to the steakhouse portion. The bourbons are fantastic. Their selection and the dry-aged steaks, wow. When you go, be sure to tell them that Jay Delsing sent you, and you'll get 10% off your order. Visit their websites at pwpizza.com and hamiltonsteak.com. When you hear someone mention a certain bank, do you wonder, is that its original name? Who owns that bank? I also hear the word community mentioned often. Can a bank really be a community one if it's not locally owned and decisions are made for that bank hundreds of miles away? 
Well, welcome St. Louis Bank into this conversation. They are locally owned and do live in this community. They want to be the St. Louis Bank and are working right now to redefine what it means to be a community bank. Whether you're an individual, someone representing a private company, a purpose-driven organization, or whatever. If you care about your people, your community, and about St. Louis, then we want to be your banking partner. St. Louis Bank wants to create something big, together. Keep an eye out for our two new locations, one in Edwardsville, opening in March, and the other on Hanley Road at Highway 40, opening in April, both in 2020. You can reach them at 314-851-6200 or go to stlouisbank.com. We would highly recommend Pinot for a date night or casual dinner. Dinner was delicious. Everything on the menu is house-made with love. The roasted beet salad had perfectly balanced flavors. The gnocchi ragu and the mushroom ravioli were some of the most amazing pasta dishes we've ever tasted. And the service made our experience perfect. Hey, St. Louis, this is Chef Pepe, inviting you to taste the Creole of Southern Italy at Pinot Soul Food in Clayton on Wydown, just east of Hanley. You're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. You can find Jay online at jdelsinggolf.com. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. John is here with me, and uh, we're headed to the front nine, Pearly. Um, all right, so the President's Cup. This show's about the President's Cup. Let's talk about Ernie Els, Trevor Immelman, his assistant. They had some interesting. Trevor. They had some interesting picks, Pearl. They do, and I think I've, I'm checking out, reading that every one of their picks is ranked higher, or what do I say, lower. Everybody in the, on the U.S. team has a lower world ranking than anybody on the uh, other other team, and a better, a better, a better, world, a, a better a, a world, world, ranking. a better yeah. world ranking. And right. you, you kind of look at that and think. How is this even going to be a competition? Well, let's let's talk about that. I mean, you know, we're not that factually based here, the Golf with Jay Delsing show, that's for because sure. that's how we that's are. That's for sure. But I mean, the U.S. This is a pretty simple. When the U.S. leads this, this thing has been gone. This gone on. Uh, they played it twelve times. The U.S. is ten one and one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what else you need to know? It's been an ass kicking. It really has been. And I I enjoy the event. I watch the event, but I don't like when they compare it to the Ryder Cup. How? It's almost unfair. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean sure it is. That's why I wish they just wouldn't. It's a different deal. It's trying to gain steam. And I think the history of the Ryder Cup is, in the early years, the the Euros never sniffed winning any of those either. Pearl, you got to remember, and folks, remember this when you're watching the Ryder Cup. The U.S. played Great Britain and Ireland for years and years and years and just wiped them off the course and it wasn't until the late 70s that the Euros became the Euros. They included all of Europe. So that meant Bernard Langer got to play, Seve Ballesteros, Jose Maria Olathabal got to play. And um, now you're even seeing the Scandinavian countries participate. Right. The, you know, so, um, and, and now it's on. I mean, it's, a, it's an absolute coin flip every single year for the Ryder Cup. Yeah, it's at a, best. It, 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 it at is. Best. And, but that's not the case here at the President's Cup. Right. All right, so Ernie's picks. Jason Day was a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. He was ninth out of eight. Eight were automatically selected, mm-hmm. and he's a no-brainer. Ozzy had to be on the team. Yeah, and and it has been playing well. Yep. 
and and is liked and all yep. those good things. Sure. Okay, so Adam Hadwig. Adam Hadwig. Yep, I like him. I, I do like too. Him. Yep. Good player, Canadian. Really, really good player. Love the fact that you know our friends up north love the game of golf. Yep. They are golf crazy, and for them to have kind of a dog in the fight, so to speak, mm-hmm. I think it's fantastic. Great demeanor. It seems like I don't know him, never yep. met him. Yeah, I, I, I walked, I walked yep. with him out of, out of Chinnacock. Yeah, really good. Just what you'd expect from a Canadian, just down to earth. Yep. Solid. Real solid, yep. real, real good guy. Okay, the next two picks are both rookies, and they're both 21. One of them turned 21 today. Wow. We've got Sanjay Im, who's been playing well. Really well. 21-year-old. Yep. yep. And we got Joaquin Neiman, who's been playing great, who won his first event this past year. He's from Chile, the first professional golfer from Chile to win a tournament on the PGA Tour, the first to play in the President's Cup, obviously the first of all. I mean, this guy Phenomenal is— Phenomenal amateur player yeah. for so, so many years. Again, that's when people say, oh, he just kind of came on the scene. Well, he came on the pro scene. This guy's been world-class amateur player, yes. traveling all over for many, many years. It's not a surprise that he's having a lot of success. Maybe a little surprise that he's on something as prestigious as the uh, uh, as this cup team at this stage, but uh, not surprising that he's world-class. All right, Pearl. So here, here's this is going to round out the the um, international squad. Hideki Matsuyama, stud. Yes. Adam Scott's going to be great for him stud. to play at his home. He's such, home a, he's such a great player. Uh, Louis Ustazen, as solid ever. as they come, right? Mark Leishman, kind of a guy that flies under the radar, makes about two, three, four million dollars every year on tour. Nobody even hears about and him. He can play. Big he can time. play for sure. Abraham Answer, I like him. He I is a little. He is a. He's, he's a little, a little guy, he's a and he's a fighter. Player. Yep, and he believes in himself. Uh, and you just kind of watched through the last couple of years as he kind of got closer and closer. Yep. And good for him being on the team. I like that guy. Now here's here's a guy that I love. How Tung Lee, he's had a, a, you know the first guy from China to, to make it on the team is fantastic. Cameron Smith, another Aussie, is on there. CT Pan, interesting now. So you get CT Pan on here with Sunjay M, and I think that makes a difference to have a, another person from your country to be on there to try, especially at a, a young twenty-one year old. I think that that can make a, a big difference for both players, bro. You were talking about that earlier, just. Uh... How hard it is with, if they're having a different language, different culture, etc. My argument going back to that was they're already used to world traveling and doing those things. But your point is, yeah, but all the other guys they travel with and their posses aren't really with them in this situation. So I see where you're coming from there, that it's uh, it's a bit different challenge. Yeah, a lot to juggle on that international squad. Different foods, different languages, different things like that. Um, Well, you know what? That's going to wrap up the front nine segment because we've got this great interview with Mark Long that we're going to play half here and and half in the back nine. It's further kind of getting uh, caddy tales going. Mark's fun to listen to. This is our caddy tale. So this is uh, Golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Mark, we've been knowing each other for 25 years. You've caddied on on tour for that length of time, and um, and you you, uh, racked up 12-plus wins, and you now have a – a company called Tour Sherfa, where you make the world's best yardage books for the players. Man, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me on. It's good to talk to you again. It's been it's been too long. It has been too long. Well, we um, we have the I have this show, and um, man, you're just the perfect guy to that I love to interview because um, if I can get uh, help people get a glimpse of what happens inside the ropes. 
and I know that a lot of the stories that we have we can't tell, but um, you can share some of the ones that we can tell today. Um, I just I think they just feel like that's fascinating, man. I've got a cool little thought. Why don't we pretend that we're coming up to our golf ball? I'm caddying for you, and we'll we'll go back and forth like we're we're doing the shot and see if anyone has any idea what we're talking about. That sounds perfect. What hole should we what hole should we pretend we're on? Okay, let's go. We want a hole with a hill and some wind. So let's go pebble, third shot pebble number fourteen, with the front left pin. Oh man! And, and Mark, I just want to say, if you can caddy me onto the green with my third shot there, you'll be like one out of three hundred caddies that could help me. That is such a hard third shot. That's perfect. That's absolutely hard, hard, perfect. Hardest, hardest third shot in golf with no water hazard, isn't it? I, mean, I, I, I know it's just a, yeah. it's just impossible. Okay, here we go. So. Uh, we're walking up to the ball, and um, okay, cool. Hey, Mark, there's a head right over here. Yeah. Okay. So, so just so the the, the uh, our, our listeners know, we're coming up to a sprinkler head, and I'm going to make up all these numbers, by the way. But we're coming up to a sprinkler head that says um, ninety. Let's say it says ninety-seven on the sprinkler itself. So everybody's played in kind of golf and you come to a head that's 97. So first thing is, that means nothing to us as caddies or players. It's probably 97 to the middle. It may be, it may not be, but it's a reference number. Now we're going to look in the book. In the book, I'm going to know the front of the green, and on this particular hole location, it's over the front left. So there's more of a carry over the left. And that carry, let's say it's about Let's say it's about five to make the math easy. Yeah. So, Mark, so, what I would, it, it, what, it, what we would have done ahead of time, just so the folks know, is that we would have like a system where we would go. Yep. I'd stand next to the ball and I'd be looking at the shot, and you'd be getting all your numbers, right? And then you'd say to me, "We've got, I don't. Know, let's make up a number. We've got eighty to the front." And I'll say to you, okay, and the flag sticks on 14, so we've got 94 all the way up, and you're going to say, yeah. And then I'm going to say, Mark, what's our cover? What do we have to cover that left side of the green? Right, so so we're going to say we we figured out that we're uh, we're 90 front, we're 114 hole. Uh, We got five to to cover the left, and there's 12 behind it. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, so it's 114 hole, it's 116 adjusted, and you got some hurt, so I think it's playing about 120 with that hurt. So that's what I would tell you. Yeah. And what I meant when I said adjusted, so we adjust the yardage for up or downhill, whether it's an up or downhill shot. So a lot of players like to hear the actual yardage and then the adjusted yardage as well, because they might... You might, you might actually not play the same adjustment during the day, right? When it gets warmer or colder or whatever. or No question. Depending on how that day has gone, right? Yeah, the ball goes so much further as, as it warms up. And so what what the way that I like to have it done is that we give the front number, then we give the actual number, and then I do the cover, and then we start doing the adjustment. So we got the uphill, like you said, that's the adjusted. And then we go, well, how much are we going to have to add in for wind? Exactly. So to, to make it, I like to, to liken it to, to listening to an NFL quarterback shouting a play at the line of scrimmage because it can start sounding like that. Like I might tell you, uh, you're 32 front, 48, 48 uh, hole, 
uh, five to cover and eight behind it. There's a slope about four left of it adjusted. It's 44, and it's uh, a little cool. And on, on it's the, it's the same number we just hit the seven iron on number four earlier today. I might just do that. Right. And if 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 anybody was listening and could follow along with that, welcome to the PGA Tour. You're good to go. <laughs> and, and, good, and good luck to him. And then basically, what I would be what I would be doing is I would say then to you is that I'm gonna I'm gonna try. I am gonna hit a hundred and eighteen yard shot. And you're going to go, perfect. And then we might reference something that happened earlier in the day or earlier in the week even, right? Or even last year. Yeah. You know, we, we're keeping notes in the book, right? So if you open up a tour caddy's book, very likely you're going to see the entire top page just filled with all kinds of notes. Like I used to write down, uh, we'd write down the yardage to the, to the hole, and then I'd write down um, what the wind was doing, how hard it was blowing, it was exceptionally cold or not, uh, how far the ball flew, what club my player hit, how far the ball landed, and how far it ended up running out to. Because uh, you always want to know how far the ball flew, of course, and then if the green was firm, it ran out, past the hole. So all those notes from each day we play the hole, Tuesday, Monday, Wednesday, all every single time. So after a while, the, the book gets pretty filled up with notes, but... As you know, it's a, it's a great reference to, to fall back on. And the whole goal is there's two goals here, right? We want to we want to hit the right club, but we want to make you as confident as possible that you're absolutely doing the right thing. If I can do that on every every shot, if you feel like you're so certain this is the right thing to do, I mean, you're going to hit it better, aren't you? Yeah, there's no, no question. I mean, so that's the first portion of our interview, Caddy Tales with Mark Long. That's going to wrap up the front nine. Don't go anywhere. We got the. We're going to continue with that interview with a lot more on golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Welcome to the segment I call the Leading Edge. Uh, I got my friend and uh, great chef here, Pepe from Pino's Italian Soul Food. Man, thanks again for joining me. Thanks, Jay. Hey, um, so we're talking in this segment about you know as golfers we're always looking for that edge. We're always looking to try to distinguish ourselves, and no business is more competitive than a restaurant business. Tell us how you do it. Well, hmm. I think there's, just like golf, there's a few moving parts. And in the restaurant business, there is a lot of moving parts. And I just try to go in and be a little focused on really, it's almost a team. So kind of a conductor of the team, if you will, and try to put those pieces together. And, you know, sometimes it's a little off and sometimes it's pretty pretty sharp. So tell me about Italian soul food. Man, that name just makes me want to come in. Yeah, so we're from Calabria, which is the southernmost tip of Italy. It's the poorest region in Italy. So when we look at our flavor profiles, they're pretty uh, similar to Southern American soul food. Um, let me take that back. Our products are pretty similar to Southern American soul food products, but our flavor profiles are a little different. So we kind of cook from scratch. Um, whatever they bring us locally, those are what we uh, put into our dishes. And we we pretty consciously source our food. That's what I love about it. So, so, and you're all about the experience for the customer and the food. I mean, it's not about you. You know, sometimes these chefs are like, look at me, look at, and that, those days are gone. Right. I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, that being a chef has become a little celebrity um, with social media. But I think that at the end of the day, for us, it's, it is a little play within inside our four walls. So we're a pretty character-driven restaurant. So we kind of 
run it like a play. There's the pre-production, there's the production, and there's the post. And, you know, we just we stay focused to the clientele having their situation instead of us having our situation. I, I, I love that because so, when uh, we were in there, Pep, you made me something, and I said, what? How'd you make this? You're like, you know, it's kind of a one-of-a-kind thing. We threw this bread, this fresh-baked bread together, and there's some sauce, and I'm like, it's it's just uh, fantastic. I really appreciate you being on the show, and I, and um, and um, go to seventy six hundred Y down. That's it. Pino Italian Soul Food. That's it. And say hi to Peppy. All right. After twenty five years on the PGA Tour, Jay Delsing takes you behind the scenes from the eyes of a pro. Now back to more golf with Jay Delsing on one hundred and one ESPN. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I got Pearlie with me, John Perlis. And um, before we go anywhere, we got to do a, a Whitmore spot. You know, I typically talk about the 90 holes of golf and all the things yep. that go on, but I got a little different spot right now. Just went out last Sunday and got my ass handed Takes to me. Takes a big man to talk about got this. Got my butt <laughs> kicked by my buddy Bummer. We did a little nine-hole exhibition, and Bummer put a little three-under on the board. I didn't make a birdie, Pearl. You said he made a few putts out there. He was. It was so much fun. We had over 150 people awesome. watching us. It's That's a awesome. tribute to this club. It's a great family club. There were golf carts out there. We had a young guy that we pulled in uh, that Bummer's been coaching, Ian, that goes to CBC. He um, he played with you guys. Yeah, he oh, played. He had a couple. Awesome. We brought awesome. him in. He had a couple of shots for us. He had his driver, you know, like like you would, like three thirty down the middle. Hey, 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 hey! It was just absolutely. All I'm calling for is rematch. Beautiful rematch. That's rematch. Right. That's right. So that's, that's so, your home course. No, that one of their other courses. That's what I told. I said, Bummer, we're going to have to have. Some sort of neutral site. Who caddied for you? I uh, didn't have a caddy. Ah, so that could have been the reason. Yeah, uh, maybe we'll go back. I'm maybe ready. We'll go back. I'm, I'm, I'm anyway, Whitmore has been smock. a phenomenal, phenomenal title sponsor for us this year. We so appreciate them. It was great to go out to the club. It's great to see some some familiar faces that I was, really hadn't seen in a while. Um, it wasn't great to get my butt kicked, but it, but I pretty much deserved it. I mean, I knew if I didn't shoot under par. I was going to lose, and uh, I did. I lost, and I didn't shoot under par. So um, <laughs> you're right again, Jeff. Yeah, I, I love being right, right. <laughs> but uh, anyway, thanks to Whitmore. Um, let's go back and uh, finish up this uh, Caddy Tales, the second part of the Caddy Tales interview with Mark Long. The biggest enemy for a tour player is indecision. There's no question about that in my mind. At least it was for me. And I think um, what you're doing and what we're talking about just takes almost all that out of the equation. It helps, that's for sure. You're always, you know, the wind The wind is, I, I consider there's two conditions that make scores high. One are firm, the number one is firm greens, in my opinion. The firmer the greens, the higher the scores, period. But obviously wind is, is a big deal because it's inconsistent. And you have to kind of get lucky. You know, you could, you could hit the same shot 15 seconds apart and have a, and make a double on one and a bo- and a birdie on the other if you're unlucky on the win. Uh, you're kind of at the mercy, right? But, uh, yeah, like you said, I remember Bobby Clampett told me one time, he said, I'd rather hit the wrong club all day thinking I'm dead right than the right club and not being sure. Oh, yeah, there's no question. So, I mean, and, and you know how it is. One of the things, Mark, talk about this a little bit. There's probably, for tour players, there's probably three clubs for every shot. Yeah, and then let's go to Bubba Watson, where there's about 14 clubs for every shot. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, How do we figure no, that no out? No question. No question. Yeah, you. And then I'll give you an interesting one, and and I'm sure you have. Everybody's got their tendencies. And when I caddied for Fred Funk, one of the things Fred would do if we were hitting a short club, a wedge or a nine iron, maybe an eight iron, if he eased up on the shot and he made his mistake on his ease up, he'd hit a pull hook, and he'd hit it as he'd hit it almost farther than he could with a full shot. And so that was just something I always would keep in the back of my mind. If we had a hole with a kind of a left to right green, like where if you like 12 at Augusta is a left to right green. If you, if you're a right hander and you pull a hook, it, it goes a lot longer. And if you come out of it, it goes a lot shorter. That's why that hole's harder for a right hander than a left hander. I mean, that sounds weird when you say that, but it actually is right. So it, you always have to keep that in mind when you're trying to figure out, what your player is going to do is, you know, what's his tendency here? If we have our bad miss, you know, do we take that risk? Do we not? So you can, <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious that it's easy to start overthinking this too, isn't it? It's yeah. I mean, that's, that's why one of the things, yeah. One of the things that I always did was get my, with my guys is get it set up ahead of time. Here's what I want. Like I, I'm not one of those people that wants, a ton of information. I want what I want and I don't want more, you know, like I don't, um, if, uh, but what's, what really good caddies like yourself do is you have a, a boatload of it sitting there. If I need it. I always thought that was the ideal thing to the way to do it is, is if your caddy, if your caddy was a technical guy who had everything waiting there if you wanted it, but was very simple in what he told you or what you wanted. I thought, I thought that the, like, I never liked my players to look at a greens book when I was catting. I wanted to look at the greens book and then tell them, have, have them say, what's the book set? Cause I, I don't, I think you're better off walking out on a green, just using your eyes and your feel as a player. And then I can kind of throw in something to confirm what you've seen, or if I see something really different, then we can, then we can maybe discuss it. But right. I, I always felt like it's just two different mindsets, caddying and playing. You're, 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 you're much more feel. I think when you play and you're much more technical when you caddy, um, there, there may be exceptions. You know, you may think maybe Nick Faldo or Bernhard longer are certainly Bryson DeChambeau. Are exceptions, but I think most guys, like you said, um, I think most guys are, are really so much better off just trying to simplify everything, right? Yeah, Mark, we kind of put the uh, uh, horse in front of the cart here. Tell everybody who you caddied for. Tell, I know you caddied for years and years with Fred Funk. I know you've had uh, lots of success on the tour. Let's give a little background there first. So I played golf at the University of Maryland. Fred was my golf coach, and he qualified for the tour. I actually caddied for him at Q school and he qualified for the tour when he was 32 years old. So I worked part time for him his first two years in 1989 and 1990 because it beat getting a real job. I just graduated from college and hey, how good is this? I'll go travel around. And so then I went full time with Nolan Henke, kind of by mistake, our default, <laughs> in 1991. Uh, I just wanted to go out and work some West Coast tournaments and then maybe go to grad school or something like that. But I, so Fred wanted a full-time caddy and I said, there's no way I'm going to caddy full-time. I'm not going to do this very much longer. So of course I did it for the next 10 years for Nolan Heckey. 
<laughs> and we had a we had a lot of had a lot of success. He won won three times, and he he made the tour championship about half the time. And he, he was a heck of a player. Um, led the U.S. Open here and there. Yeah, he played well in the Masters a couple times. It, it was it was lots of fun. Then I went back to Fred in 2002, and um, I caddied for the for the next seven years on the PGA Tour for Fred. So from that, he was age 42 to 49 or 50. He just played great on the tour. He won at least three times on the tour in that stretch. And then we went to the Champions Tour, and I did that for about, I think, another three or four or five years, something like that, four more years. And he won a few out, you know, won quite a bit out there. And so that that was it. It was Nolan Henke and Fred Funk, and we had lots of lots of fun and lots of wins and just great, great guys to work for. I, I, it was phenomenal. Okay, was the most unusual thing or, or the weirdest thing you ever had one of those guys say to you as you're coming down the stretch trying to win an event or just trying to make the cut even because I've, I've told people before. And I'm trying to not take up too much of my time on this air and let you do more of the talking. But I, I tell people it is way harder coming in on a Friday trying to make a cut than trying to win a tournament on Sunday because your game is good when you're trying to win an event. And when you're trying to make a cut, you just don't know what you can rely on. Well, I've got the weirdest one. That's easy. My first Masters with Nolan Henke, 1991, were on Friday. He hits it in the left bunker on 18, and he probably has to make part to make the cut. And as you know, that's no easy shot back in 1991. It's not a 9-iron like it is now. It was about a, a 5 or 6-iron over a lip uphill. And so it's hot. It must be in the low 90s, and we've got those thick white coveralls. And I'm, uh, I've been, you know, it, it's a hilly course. And anyway, I've been... I'm sitting there, and I'm grinding on the shot. I'm trying to think, can we get a five iron over the lip or six iron? What are we going to do? And Nolan uh, stands right, looks at me just plain as day. Now, this, you remember Nolan. He's the most, He could relax a cup of coffee, that guy's so relaxed. Yes. And he says, uh, he says, you know, it's his first Masters, and he's trying to make the cut, right? So I'm, you really want to be there on the weekend. And so he says, what do you think? And I said, I think you can get a six iron over that lip and on the green. I think it's a six. And he goes, you know what I think? I said, what? And he says, I don't think you smell too good right now. <laughs> he pulls the six iron out and knocks it on the green. And I don't even remember if he made par birdie, but he made the cut. But that was uh, so that that had to be the weirdest comment I think I've heard coming down the stretch on a Friday. <laughs> what do you think? I think you don't smell too good. That's gonna. That's a great interview. We'll come back and we'll talk about that just a little bit. I'm that, so excited about Caddy Tales going forward. What a great guy to kick it off, and I think you're going to be working with Mark going forward. Yeah, and we had Al Milan on. Remember, yep. we had Al Milan to to, to kind of help uh, boost some of the because he he was a little Another older than, than Mark Long. So yeah, um, well, that's going to wrap up. That's going to do it for the back nine. Uh, this is Golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Come back for the 19th hole. Quick note, we just got a call from our friend Joe Sheezer at USA Mortgage. He said the rates are still below 4%, and if you mention Golf with Jay Delsing, he'll give you a discount on your closing costs. Please call him today at 314-628-2015. Do you folks know about a family-owned and operated jewelry business that's been in the St. Louis area since 1946? If you haven't heard the name Sutley before, well, you have now. 
They are the premier Hearts on Fire dealer in the metropolitan region and have been for more than 21 years. What's a Hearts on Fire diamond, you ask? It is the world's most perfectly cut diamond. The Sutleys are knowledgeable and passionate about your jewelry needs and are open six days a week. They will treat you like family and want to understand your wishes and desires. Their business thrives on developing personal relationships with you. Sully's also strive to stay on top of the latest trends in fashion with amazing selection of designer jewelry from famous designers like Lagos, Zengani, Simon G., just to name a few. It's all done at Sutley's. Sully's is on the cutting edge of the diamond business, featuring the lab-grown diamonds that can cost 30 to 40% less than a mined diamond. Whether it's a hearts on fire, designer or custom jewelry, or even the new and innovative lab-grown diamonds, let Sutley Jewelers take care of all your jewelry needs. I have known this family for 45 years. Go in and see Gary. Ask for Gus. Ask for Laura. It's a family business, and they are terrific people. They're located in the Lamp and Lantern Village on Clayton Road, just west of Highway 141 in Town & Country. You can also visit them at saettele.com. Sunday equals football and pizza. My choice for pizza is P.W. Pizza in Lafayette Square. You've got to try their signature pies, and the wings are to die for. You need something a little more formal? We'll head over to their sister restaurant, Hamilton's Urban Steakhouse and Bourbon Bar. I didn't even get to the steakhouse portion. The bourbons are fantastic. Their selection and the dry-aged steaks, Wow. When you go, be sure to tell them that Jay Delsing sent you, and you'll get 10% off your order. Visit their websites at pwpizza.com and hamiltonsteak.com. Doster, Olam, and Boyle LLC are a proud sponsor of Golf with Jay Delsing here on 101 ESPN. The firm was started in January 2015 by Mike Doster, Jess Olam, and John Boyle, three veterans of the St. Louis real estate, banking, commercial, and corporate legal landscape. The firm was founded on the shared view that success should be measured by client and community satisfaction, not profits for partner. The firm's focus is on business, real estate, corporate finance and restructuring, and succession planning. Since its founding in 2015, Doster, Olam, and Boyle have been involved in real estate, business, and corporate transactions with a combined value in excess of over $1 billion. For decades, Doster, Olam, and Boyle lawyers have been recognized as leaders in their practice areas by their peers. Doster, Olam, and Boyle, LLC. Extraordinary talent, ordinary people. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements. I've known the proprietor of Pino Italian Soul Food, Pepe, for a long time. His place is at 7600 Wydown Avenue in a sweet little part of Clayton called the Moorlands. He likes to refer to his place as a neighborhood spot, and it is. All of their food is consciously raised. All of their breads, pastas, and desserts are handmade on the spot. The food is created with a Calabria region of Italy in mind, which is he refers to as the Creole of Italy, with influence from Greece, Northern Africa, and the Mediterranean. What do you need to know about Pinos? They want their customer and their experience to be fabulous. It's not about the chef. It's not about the ego or any of that other stuff. It's about a neighborhood place with great food. Go on and visit Pino Italian Soul Food today. Golf Discount is where St. Louis has shopped for its golf equipment since 1976. Golf Discount has been and still is locally owned. They employ the most experienced staff you'll find anywhere. There are two locations, one in South County just off of Lee May Ferry and one in O'Fallon at Highways K and N. 
Golf Discount fits your custom equipment to your swing using the -the state-of-the-art GC Quad Launch Monitor. This ensures that perfect fit that you're looking for. Go to Golf Discount for all your golfing needs. It's time for the 19th hole on Golf with Jay Delsing. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I got John here with me. Pearl, we're headed to the 19th hole. Perfect. Uh, I got to talk about the Dean Team Automotive Group. Just bought a car for Joe, my youngest, four daughters. Is now 16, and I went and bought her a used Volkswagen and had an amazing experience. How is she liking the car? Oh, she is <laughs> crazy for this car. Brent and Colin were rock stars over there. We pulled up. The car's sitting there. Mm-hmm. She's like, Dad, is that my car? I mean, mm. I go, well, I, I think that's the car. You know, we both got to drive it. They wound up saying to us, guys, just take this car home for the weekend. Drive it around. Give it a test. See what you think. That's awesome. Couldn't have been nicer. Just, she'll, she'll probably shop there the rest of her life now, too. Well, they I mean, got they have a, huge, a great start. No, that's absolutely right. They have uh, um, uh, any kind of car you need. They've got over 1,000 used vehicles. They've got new uh, Volkswagens, Subarus, Hyundais, Genesis, Volvos. Um, they got a golf cart division. I'm going to get the sun on one, one show, and we're going to talk about this golf cart division because we kind of glaze over it a little bit. These customized golf carts are super, yeah. super special. Um, so you can go to uh, DeanTeamGolfCarts.com to find out that. But um, if you're a car guy, you got to go to Dean Team Automotive Sports. This is where they got all the fancy, the Ferraris, the Bugattis, the Lamborghinis, McLaren. Can we take one of those home for the weekend? Rolls Royces. I don't think they let you and I. I don't think they <laughs> would. a good decision on their part. Pearl, we could put the value of your house and the value of my house together, and it's not going to equal... What a Porsche 918 Spider they have in the, in the lot list for $1.5 million. Wow, nice stuff. Yeah, could we live in that? I think uh, we could live in our houses okay, that, but we yeah. couldn't, yeah. But um, if you need a luxury car, that's where you have to go. So they have five locations. Volkswagen, Subaru, and Hyundai are in Baldwin. They're all on Manchester Road. They have a second Volkswagen location in Kirkwood. That's where we shopped. Uh, and they're about to open a brand-new Volvo dealership in Maplewood. So um, go to DeanTeam.com. And uh, thanks for the Dean team for being a partner on the show. All right, so we got a we got a little whack and chase we're going to run to. So let's uh, let's check out this version of whack and chase. Jay John whack and chase is back. We've got a local caller this week. It's Keith. Hey Keith, how we doing? Good man. Hi. How you doing? I'm all right out this way. Where where's this way? Where are you from, Keith? Uh, well, I live in Innsbruck, out out west a little bit. Right, and we, we got some cold weather heading this 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 way, uh, Keith. That's not very good for our golf games, is it? No, sir. No, it's not. I'm going to probably have to go somewhere. I want to go I with you. Might. Yeah, I'm going to go to Mexico, I think, pretty quick. <laughs> I'd get there quick, too. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hang around the border too much if I were you. <laughs> no. We actually got something scheduled to go down in November. Oh, awesome, so, awesome. Uh, get out of the weather a little bit for four or five days, you know, and then come back. Well, good. Keith, are you familiar with uh, Whack and Chase? Yes, I am. Okay. I do it quite often. Well, fantastic, then. Uh, we just hey, kinda... keep listening, Keith. We yeah, appreciate you, sure, man. Thank for you. Sure. Hey, no we're, we, we just want to start out with then uh, what's the question you've got for Jay? And then while he's giving it some thought and calculating and putting all of his figuring and ciphering together, uh, I'll ask you a couple questions to give more information. And then he'll come up with the solution. So where do you need help in your golf game? Okay, thanks. Uh, well, I uh, 
I tend to find that if I try to go after it a little bit with my irons, that I tend to, I guess, go over the top and pull things left or hit it off the toe. Is there some kind of a thought or drill that I can do that, that'll, that'll keep me from like, uh, doing, you know, pulling things left like that. And then, you know, I mean, that it, I think that's what everybody, what causes, why am I coming over the top? That's the only thing that I can figure out that I'm doing wrong. Okay, well, let, me and, ask you, uh, let me ask you a question right off the top there then, uh, and no pun intended, but when you're pulling it, uh, to the left, is it a pull hook or is it a pull and a slice? No, it's a pull because if I could hit it as far straight as I pull it, I would be happy. So I tend to like it, it. Seems like it's only when I try to swing a little bit too hard, you know, or go after it a little harder. Does it have um, a lot of curve, Keith? Is the ball curving? Well, you know, it, 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 you know, if I can get it, if I take it straight back, no, normally not. Sometimes, you know, it's, it's more like just a dead pull straight shot. Perfect. That's what and, we need. Uh, I, we I need found it. I got new irons this last year, and it and and I it, that's helped quite a bit. But it tends, I guess, I I I don't know. I I guess I'm coming at a different angle than I should be. So okay. I think I'm going to start what aiming for right center or something like that. Well, we got to we got to give Jason time to think this one through. You put a real complex one in front of him, so you and I are going to go back in the time machine and try to figure out where this all started. So let's okay. start for the very first shot you've ever hit in your life. What? Where were you? How old were you? And what did the shot look like? I'm talking the first time you ever hit a golf ball. Oh my! Think well, back. I, think back now. When, when would that have been? About what age would you think that was when you hit your first golf? Oh, shot? I was. I, I the first time I ever picked up a golf club ever. I was right. I was in high school. Okay. All right, and uh, there was a golf course in the little town that I grew up with. Uh, that they built down in the bottoms in Ellsbury, Missouri. I grew up in Ellsbury. My dad was a realtor up there and they built it down in the bottoms, down in the flood zone. And they built a golf course there. People called Whipkey. And, uh, of course the flood of, uh, 73 got it and it never came back. The, the golf course itself. And that's the first place I ever played golf. Uh, and then we used to always travel to Warrington once I finally started playing, but I, but I couldn't hit it very good. You know I mean? I could hit it a mile cause I played ball, but I never knew where it was going. So I'm kind of self-taught. I've, I've, I've had a couple of lessons in my life and I've went to pros and I've hit some irons or I'll hit some, you know, and I'll go, well, what, you know, what do you think I ought to do? And they're just like, play more. Most of them yeah. say. Well, there's a lot, there's a lot to that for sure. So, you remember about when you first played, not the first shot. When do you? When did the 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 pull first come into the to the game? Do you remember that? I think I think it's been since I got better at golf, and then I, uh, I, uh, I, you know, you, you you know, you'll you'll be in between. Let's say you got a a shot where you you have to hit it five yards or ten yards farther than normal. You know. Then, then what do you normally hit that club? Well, do I want to be short spinning on the pin? Do I want to be shorter? Or do I want to be long? So I always kind of, I used to always like try to step on it and be, you know, take a shorter iron and try to hit it harder. And now in my old age, I've kind of figured out that, you know, I could just take maybe an extra club and not, you know, not try to hit it so hard. It and takes that, us, that, it, it that take, started to help. It takes us a long time to get a little smarter, doesn't it? And just take that extra club and not swing so hard. So that's part of it. I know when I hear Jay talk about playing uh, pro-ams all the time. That's one thing he always encouraged the folks to do is take that extra club. So that gives him a little bit more in- information that he needed. 
Uh, what's your favorite professional uh, on the tour? Who do you kind of try to model a little bit after or follow to kind of learn a little bit and uh, wish you could hit more shots like your favorite player? Who is that? My favorite golf golfer was Arnold Palmer. Okay, absolutely. Well, got to love the king. Got to love the king. And the king didn't hold back very often either. So that's kind of cool. Uh, it's you know modeled after him as well. So one more one more question here, and this is a little bit out there. But do you dream of of your of golf? Do you dream about golf? You know, it's kind of funny. I, I don't know that I actually dream about playing golf, but I know that many a night as I'm in bed getting ready to, you know, get getting in bed and the lights are off and I close wait my eyes. Wait a second! Wait a second! That's family show. Now, don't get too much detail. We just want to try to find out if you if you dream about golf. <laughs> hey, or this not. might be my only shot. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, but you know, when you're getting ready to go to bed, you're you know you shut the lights off, and you think about like if you play golf that day. A lot of times, I'll play the golf course again in my mind, where I hit it. I love why that. I hit it there, I love know, that. Things like that. Well, Jay and I are both into uh, meditating a little bit, and I like doing a daily review. I sure as heck don't do it in my golf game. In each shot, I can tell you about that. But I try to think of the things I did right that day and the things I did wrong. So I think that's okay. Jay, whenever I can tell he's ready to answer, he just kind of starts he's vibrating over there a little bit. He's grabbing at the mic. He's fixing his headphones. He's straightening his hair. We're on the radio, but he's doing all that kind of stuff. So that tells me, Keith, that he is ready to solve your your uh, your golf problem here. So hang on for the uh, for the answer. Hey Keith, that, that, that was great stuff. So when when your ball goes left, tell me, um, do you do you take much of a divot when you when you um, when you hit your irons? You know, I'm not I'm not a big divot. You know, I, I don't t- normally take a big divot. Uh, I'm more of a sweeper, I guess. When you I, I, when maybe, you do, can you divot. see can you see is that divot headed headed left and is it is it wide? Keith, is it Sometimes kind of it's wide and it curls to the left a little? Yeah. Okay. And you know, it sounds to me like um, I, I don't think you're coming over the top at all because if you were coming over the top, your divot would be left, and it'd be considerably left. Does that make sense? So if you're okay. it, what what's happening more than likely is you're you're coming from the the inside a little too much. And your club is flip, what we used to call flipping. So the, the, when, when you don't try to hit it hard, you've got a much longer area for your club to stay square, if that makes sense. And when you're trying right. to hit it hard, you're probably moving your body faster and you're going more on a, really from too far in and then around on that ball. And the club face has just a millisecond to be square. And so what I would what I would recommend doing is if you want to try to hit something a little harder, focus more on your rhythm. Try to try to try to feel like especially the first foot or two of your backswing. Think smooth because one of the things I noticed over all the years and this is even something that I used to work on with you Pearly mm-hmm. is that when I wanted to hit something hard Oftentimes, Keith, I get so snatchy, and I take this this club away from the ball so quickly that I, I my body position my body was completely out of position because all I was thinking about was trying to go fast. And the transition wouldn't be worth a darn either coming down. And, and, but that's where I'm going with yeah. Keith. So if I'm you a little said, ahead of you, sorry. If you th- no, that's good. If you, you everybody else is, you might as well be too. What what I'm thinking though is is that if you work on just that smooth rhythm and and make. Um, uh, the transition, I, I don't like people to think about it too much because it's right. it's 
Ugh. No, you, you want to do the right thing to have the right transition. I'm with you. You, yeah. you don't want to be thinking about the transition. And what I'm trying to get you to do, Keith, is to set up your your through swing with your backswing. So you do something positive like that on your backswing, and it takes care of that that thing, uh, uh, your your downswing. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. And, and well, it's just tempo, basically. Then. Yeah, it's tempo, but really focus on the first two feet away from the ball. That first two feet, because if you go out and watch any – Anybody that plays for a living on Sunday, for with the exception of maybe just a couple of players, but their rhythm is impeccable, especially going off the ball. There's not they're not fast going off the ball, Keith, because they want the speed down at the ball when they're hitting it, not going away from right. it. Does that make sense? Right. So you, you, I'm, I'm I'm gaining speed at the wrong spot. That's exactly. I'm guessing, and so that's just going to put you a little out of position. What sort of handicap do you have? Well, you know. Actual, really? yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's around a ten. Yeah, so uh, that's what I suspected just from listening to you play. So you're a good player, and you've you've shot good scores. So you know how to, you know, you know what you're doing with uh, with the club. And you know, as we sign off on Whack and Chase, um, Keith, it's um, if this information that Pearlie and I gave you helps you, we want you to email us and call the paper and mm-hmm. tell everybody you know. And if you keep pulling that shot when you try to hit it hard, just tell them we never met. Mm-hmm. Got you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I really appreciate the call. Thanks, Keith. Have a good, good day. Have a good night, guys. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Wow, Pearl, that is going to do it for another. We got another show in the books, Pearly. What you got? Notches in your belt? Absolutely, I got notches <laughs> in my belt. I got gray hair, and I got. Other stuff going on. Yeah, I killed a lot of brain cells. Hey, um, thanks for being with me. Me, thanks for running the board. Brad Barnes is our producer, does a great job keeping us together over here. That is a Herculean task. Um, but uh, this is Golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Hit him straight, St. Louis. That was Golf with Jay Delsing, brought to you by Whitmore Country Club. Tune in next Sunday for more from Jay, John, and the other pros and experts from the golf world. In the meantime, you can find all of Jay's shows at 101ESPN.com, as well as at jdelsinggolf.com. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring after two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability. Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every sport. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.